Well, hello there. My name is HW, and thank you so much for listening to the Tone Junkie Podcast, episode 36. Listen, we got a little bit of a different episode for the day, and uh, I want to get one thing out of the way. Uh, Yes, it's been two weeks since the last podcast. No, that will never happen again. Here's the thing. I just took some time off. I've been working really hard at my normal job and on a bunch of Tone Junkie stuff, the Plexi Pack. I've been working on the Stu G stuff. Um, I've been building something like physically with my hands. I'm, I'm, I'm starting to build something today and, um, and, and, and just, just working on a ton of stuff, man. Um, got some HX stomp presets out, um, helix stuff, some free helix stuff is really soon. We've shot some IRs and we're about to shoot a bunch of them. Like we're about to really start digging in and creating IR packs, I've acquired uh, an, an intense locker of microphones. Uh, I mean, intense stuff. Royer 121, Fat two, Stereo Fathead 2 is a matched pair. Uh, SM57s, uh, 906Es, um, C414. Uh, uh, did I mention Royer? The Royer 121, um, the, the Sir SMB, uh, uh, SMB7. Uh, which is a great vocal mic I'll be used for the podcast, but I'm also, you know, John Mayer's using them live on the road. That's what the worst tutorial guys are using. And a lot of people are using for their IRs. Um, and, um, I'm really, so I'm really excited to be profiling with that as well. Uh, not, not to profiling with that as well, but, but making IRs with that as well. Basically so many classics. And I've thought about adding a couple others. I've thought about, do I need like a, a, uh, um, a Bayer M160, but I don't know. It could be, it's diminishing return. You know what I mean? I've got the C, I got the, the CK414 already. And those are both smaller. Those are both condenser mics. I could go for, I have, I have, in my opinion, the two best large or the two ribbon mics, right? I don't know that I want that I need to add like something like a Bayer 616, even though they've been used a lot in, in classic recordings. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know. Guys, I've invested some money in, in some great pre's. There's, I'm going to be experimenting more with pre's and different. I've been experimenting with some preamps, uh, microphone pre's and microphones, and I've got some pairs that I think are really winning combinations. But it's going to allow me to put stuff out. Um, and just have a little more of a streamlined workflow. And that's really what I've been working on. I've really just been gearing up Tone Junkie for 2019. I got a bunch of stuff that I'm working on that I don't even want to announce yet, but that's the reason you haven't heard from me in two weeks. And no, it's not going to happen again because we're, we're like, we're just like a week or two away from Tone Junkie podcast 2.0. And once that goes, that's the plane that's waiting to take off. Because I'm going to tell you something. I actually think, I'm just going to call this out. I actually think that Tone Junkie is going to become as much of a podcast and as much of a of an interesting gear show in the sense of the podcast thing than, than maybe even what it is as a profiling company, an IR company. I mean, that's, that's what the heart of this is, is me going after Kemper tones, but I want to expand on the Helix with the IR stuff, or basically I'm going, I want to make IRs and, 
am I going to be a Helix guy? No, I, I'm a Kemper guy. I have the Helix stuff. I'm actually going to try playing my HX Stomp for the first time live um, this weekend. I have played the Helix live. I'm a Kemper guy. If people ask me, HOV, what do you prefer? Kemper or Helix? I'm never going to lie about that. I, I'm a, I, I believe the Kemper is the best sounding thing on the market. Now, if that means, if that loses me some credibility because I want to make some Helix presets or something, well, then so be it. You know, I'm really looking at, at my product as being in the Helix world as I, I want to be a great IR guy, you know? I think I'm a great profiler, and I don't mean that in a sense of like, uh, I don't mean that in the sense of like, hey, um, you know, I, I don't mean that in the sense of like, hey, uh, I'm so great or anything. I just mean that in the sense of, I think Tone Junkie has carved out a little space for itself. You know, we don't do all the metal stuff, but we do some really great cleans, edge of breakup. We do some great rock stuff. I've had so many people tell me about the BE100 pack as one of their favorite rock tones. And these are, what I've really been really excited of is with the PD100 pack, with the Plexi pack, with the BE100 pack, the brown eyed girl pack, I call it. I've watched people who haven't been Tone Junkie fans who are fans of harder music and who have, maybe they've tried some Michael Britt stuff, but really that's the softest they've gone. You know, they're really into the, into uh, reamp zone and they're really into a sin mix and stuff. And those guys are great. Don't get me wrong. It's just that if you're, if, if you like heavier stuff, you're going to, those are going to be the people that you're looking to, to make profiles, not Tone Junkie as much, but I've really this year, kind of the second half of this year, some people might notice I've tried to expand the Tone Junkie line and the range of what, um, of what I've been producing. And, um, I just wanted to make it something that was really like, that was really diverse so that a player who like wants to play harder stuff, but also plays praise and worship stuff is going to be okay with a tone junkie bundle, you know, and they're going to find what they're looking for. Now I, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm ever going to do modern metal and death metal and stuff. I just don't have any interest really in doing that. Those tones don't inspire me in the least bit. But, um, you know, what I can tell you is um, I, I'm committed for 2019 to continue to sort of push the envelope. I think, I think even though some people are saying, hey, HW, gosh, you're releasing something like every other week. If you actually look at what I'm releasing, if you're a tone junkie junkie, yes, that might be annoying that I'm producing so much stuff quickly. But if you actually look at what I'm producing, a lot of times, not everyone's interested in a top hat amplifier. That is more the boutique market. That's more like the praise and worship guys. Whereas the Plexi has super broad appeal. And then something like the BE100 well, a lot of people might just say, I don't play music hard enough for that amp. Even though it has other shades of gain, it's a, it's a gainy amp. You know what I mean? It's a gainy amp. So to me, you know, where does that, where does that fall? Well, I think it falls with the, the, falls with the harder guys. And what I'm seeing in the customer base, I'm watching people poke in and out of buying one release and then buying another release. And I'm looking at people's order histories as they, especially as people contact me for everything pack upgrades, I'm li- I'm watching their order histories and I'm going, okay, 
I see the amps this guy likes. I see that. And hey, there, of course everyone loves a good super reverb. You know what I mean? I mean, there's a place for all that. There's amps that have wide appeal, but I, I want to do that same thing in the IR market. I want to be broad, but also specific enough that I, I'm, I'm going, okay, there might be a really specific use case here where what are the IRs that the praise and worship market really needs? I mean, one thing I stumbled across, and that's why I'm giving these Helix, this Helix stuff away for free, and I gave away two free IRs, or one free IR. The second one's right about to come out. I did it a while ago. I just didn't give it away yet. I was still dialing some stuff in. Is you know, I figured out, like, well, even with people's favorite IRs, they're still using... Um, even with their favorite IRs, they're still using... EQ blocks to make it sound even better. And to me, I go, well, wait a minute. What is an IR? An IR is just an incredibly complex and intricate EQ. That's what it is. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very complicated EQ. And it's created, an IR is created by basically miking up a sound source, shooting in an input signal similar to a profile, we capture that, we then, we, we convolute it, we, through convolution, um, we subtract the initial tone that was in there, and we look at the coloration. IRs are really, have, were really first invented, and really the technology of IRs, when you apply it, it's actually first done for reverbs, so that you could capture the reverberation of a sound. And you can, but where we're using for, we're using very short IRs to capture the EQ curve of a cab. And when you have a signal chain like a cabinet uh, that involves a speaker, that involves a, a wooden box that, that's made of some type of construction, you know, some, some type of wood, some type of joints, some type of glue compound or nails, these things affect the the, the sound produced, the acoustics of it, because they're restricting or encouraging or allowing vibration, which is creating, which is aiding in the creation of the sound wave. And we're picking that up through microphones, and there's no such thing as a flat microphone. Um, you may have in, in some areas a, something like a slate microphone where they say it's incredibly flat, so you can imply plugins. Well, it's, it's not incredibly flat. It's a microphone that um, has a response, and they know the response, so they can make they can make the plugins tailored for that microphone. Does then sound like anything else? They they know how much 2K they need to add. They know how much uh, 10 hertz they need to add when they're you're using that microphone. But no microphone is transparent by itself. There's no such thing. Your ear is not transparent. You don't even hear in a linear fashion. EQ changes uh, with increase or decrease in decibel levels. That's why sometimes when people tell me this thing sounds wimpy, I say turn it up. Or if they say it sounds dark, I say turn it up. Because you don't hear the same at a lower volume as you do at a higher volume, even though if we were to measure the frequencies, the, the EQ curve could look the same on a graph. From a lower signal to a higher signal, each frequency would could move up and down in decibel level, but still the relationship between the two could be maintained. So why do I say all that? I say all that to say an IR is just a complex... 
It's just a complex EQ. And it's a, it's a complex EQ and it's an intricate EQ that's more intricate, more complicated than you or I would be able to sit down at a 1,000 band EQ machine and come up with. We wouldn't do it. One thing is humans have to fight against their need to see uh, normal looking waveforms when you're looking at a graphic equalizer. And then if you're not looking at a graphic equalizer, if you're using a parametric EQ, well then parametric EQs never have enough band options to create the type of EQ an IR would be creating. So I hope that takes some of the mysticism out of it for some people. An IR is literally an EQ curve. I could actually, theoretically, I mean, theory, and, and really, there was a guy uh, who, early on with the Helix who did this. He put something like 20 IRs after an amp block, and, and he had it sounding decent. And he was just saying, look, I created my own IR with this little, with all these EQs. And it was like, yeah, absolutely, you can. You can totally do that. Um, now, that's not practical, but it, it goes to show something. It goes to show that, you know, hey, look. All we're doing is applying a type of EQ curve that's approximating what happens in the real world when you get a type of speaker and a type of microphone in a type of room with a type of reflection. Now, could you, can you reproduce that reflection through just a, you know, a 32 band EQ, a 64 band EQ? You can't, no. But it's a, it's a kind of a roundabout way of producing a, an IR, the way that you shoot them, or the way that people shoot them, the way I'm shooting them, and people who shoot them for guitar cabinets. An IR is like a very roundabout way of coming up with an EQ curve that you like to fix the sound of an amplifier. I, I want to throw this out there and just try this hat on for size. You actually don't hate the sound of a guitar amp with no cabinet. You just hate the sound of a guitar amp with no cabinet and no EQ. Because the speaker and the microphones are all providing an EQ curve. And if you boil that down to what it really is, uh, a reduction and addition of, an addition and subtraction of frequencies, then you just you just want that direct amp EQ different. That's really all we want. And that's what I've kind of learned by doing these IR so far. And you're going to see that. And these microphones are really just providing different EQs. And so my hope for people is being able to pair them together. I will have some IRs that will be paired together um, with multiple microphones. Uh, so, you know, you'll get a 121 and a 57, but you'll also get that same 121 position and a 57. And then you'll be able to, in your IR loader, on your Helix, on your HX stop, you can't really do this on the Kemper. Um, but you'll be able to put your own 121 and 57 together. You'll go, you know what, maybe I'm going to mix out, the, take out that 57 and let's try the SMB7. Or let's try a 906. Or let's take out that that Royer 121. Maybe I don't want as much high end, high and I want more more low mids and stuff. And I'm gonna go for the for the fat head too. This is um, this is where you know the black hole comes, and it's okay if you want to fall down that rabbit hole. That's okay. It's fun. I'm gonna make some videos where I start just changing out microphones. It's, it'll be the same IR, same speaker, just moving the microphone. Or not moving the microphone, but instead of a 57, we'll put in um, an SMB7 
or we'll put in a 906 and we'll leave the other IR as a fathead, the other IR as a 121. And like I said, I'll shoot some of these together. I'll shoot a, I'll shoot some of the classic pairings. You'll have at least four or five dual mic pairings in there. Things that I think work together. Um, and that makes sense together. And so on to what I'm about to attempt today, which is crazy for me. You know, believe it or not, HW's not a handy guy. But at one point, I didn't feel like I knew a lot about microphones and preamps and stuff. But through a lot of research and a lot of trial and error, I feel actually very well versed in, in audio equipment now. So today I'm going to build something. I'm building a soundproof room in my home. And by that, I mean I'm, I'm actually just building a soundproof booth. I'm building a four by six booth that is going to be where I'm housing the amplifiers and cabinets from now on um, instead of using the studio. Now, I'm still going to use the studio that I've been using uh, on a little more rare occasion. I still will go in there sometimes because I enjoy the space and it sounds great um, and it's a useful studio, but with doing the IRs, I've realized the availability of that studio is, a, is, a, is kind of becoming a real hindrance to me because what I'm having to do is line up all the amps and the IRs and stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm having to line everything up to do it in one day. And what that's producing for me in terms of my workflow is I'm having to prioritize. I'm having to prioritize getting things done because I want to get quality amps profiled and produce packs and I'm not having enough time to trial and error and that's what's really needed with a lot of these IRs so right now in my home I'm able to do these IRs and I have enough acoustic treatment and enough space at home that I can stop the microphone reflection so I can get a good IR I can do a good profile at my home uh, the trouble is anyone who's home basically can't do anything else because it's so freaking loud. And that's the trouble. So I'm currently shooting IRs at my house. Now the IRs aren't as bad as the profiler because the sweep through the frequency range that you use when you're um, creating an IR is short. It's shorter than... Uh, the three sort of sound pulses that go into the Kemper. It's a lot shorter than that. So it's less, it's, it's, it's less of a problem for me to do IRs. I can just do it when my family's not home and take advantage of the time that way. What's unfortunate is to do the profiles, it is very restrictive. And doing the profiles takes a lot of time. Um, because a lot of times I have to shoot the profile and then test it, you know, and, and setting it up takes a lot of time and there, it's time consuming. And so that's where I'm eating up a lot of my time in the studio, which doesn't leave a ton of time with experimenting with different microphones, experimenting with different techniques and that whole sort of thing. Hang on. I'm doing this podcast in my car while I drive and I've got a parallel park for a moment. We'll see if I can do both. So it's, I need more time to experiment, especially because one of the things I described and what I notice is even though people find IRs they really like, what I notice them doing after that is taking and, and, and putting together these very complicated EQs. And I'm guilty of this too. 
they're putting together these EQs that make the IR do what they what the IR wasn't doing enough of before. And I did. The, I'm doing this too. With I created some tone junkie IRs, and I'm still applying an EQ. Well, then the question to me becomes: Well, that eats up a block if you're on the HX stop. That eats up a block if you're somewhere uh, like the Helix. So for those platforms, I need to create special IRs that actually I'm able to test live through the modeling block of the Helix. And I need to get everything out of that IR that I can get out of it so that nobody needs to apply an EQ afterwards. So you can save yourself processing power. Um, That may be less useful on the Kemper that may be less useful on the axe, but it is what it is. And for that unit, I think it's the right thing to do. So I need to be able to really experiment and shoot an IR three and four times with different notches in the base and then really try it or shoot it, try it, and then go from there. And you know, there's some, it's it's a little bit time consuming to get it all done. But that's the thing I don't have time for if I don't have this working out of my house. So I'm I'm going to build a four by six room. A st- uh, uh, I'm going to be doing a video on it too. I'm going to be building a four by six booth in my home, in a room I have. I have a, a, a an unfinished room downstairs. I have a basement floor of my home, and. Um, Originally, the house was a. It's, the floor plan was designed for two stories, so uh, a, a two-story house. Most of the bedrooms are upstairs. A lot of living areas downstairs, but I built it on a lot that could accommodate a basement, and so we built out a walkout basement. So the front of the house is two stories, but the back of the house it slopes down. So the back of the house is a third story. It's the it's the basement story, and you can walk out onto flat land back there. So. Right now, I have the room that you've seen in videos. I record all my stuff down there. I record the podcast down there. And basically, that room has just been a playroom for my kids, a larger room there. And there's actually three rooms and a bathroom down there. There's the room that you see in the videos. There's the large room that um, that I uh, probably have never shot anything in. Although, actually, you can see it in the FRFR shootout video. I'm in a larger room in front of a big window. Well, I just... Um, I just am getting that room set up and that's kind of what I've been doing. And I have a little corner to shoot the podcast with cameras and stuff all the time. Got to fix some lights in there. Um, and then I've got, um, another little room there. That's like a utility room, but it's a very large utility room, meaning it has an HVAC unit and it's got, um, like a, a pump like a waste pump for the bathroom that's down there because it's technically below the sewer line. So I got to pump it up to the main floor of the house and get the sewage out that way just from that single bathroom. Okay, you don't care about that. What you do care about is I have a room there and I have a space there that is uh, about five and a half feet. In that, within that room, there's, a, um, there's, there's kind of, it's a large room, but I can fit in this four by six booth pretty easily. And then around that, uh, hang sound blankets to fully surround that and then install a false ceiling there. And I should be able, if I, if I do this right, and I believe I I know how to do it after I've done a lot of research and I'm going to document myself doing it. And by the way, I know nothing about tools and things like that. I mean, I've really, I'm learning all this from YouTube, but my cousin who's a contractor is going to come out 
and, and make sure I'm not uh, doing it completely wrong. And he's even willing to do the whole thing, but I kind of just want to get started on it. I'm going to build this so that that whole bottom floor becomes Tone Junkie HQ. And, and I'm going to be doing the podcast in the big room. I'm going to be still doing stuff in my in, in the HW studio, the lounge thing. But that whole thing is going to become the studio. And that whole thing is going to be a place to hang out and I think try guitars. And it's going to be a great place, I think, in the uh, local Nashville area where I might even be able to open it up for like appointments and stuff. And I've thought about even having a private collection of gear and selling out of there because I don't know. I, I'm just talking out loud. That would be cool. It'd be awesome. But actually, I just... As I'm saying it out loud, I don't want to do that in my home, but I'd love to do that at some point. This guy's walking by me right now. He's got a really fly Nike sweatsuit on, and I'm really jealous because I've been really getting into sweatsuits. Like I'm wearing like I'm wearing sweats right now, and I'm wearing a zip up, but they don't match. He's the dude is deluxe, and HW is looking pretty basic at the moment. But that's what I'm trying to do. So, um, okay, next uh, I'm going to describe what I'm going to do for this booth, but all that to say, Tone Junkie Podcast 2.0, which here's my goal with that. The Tone Junkie Podcast, I actually believe has, I have a hunch from the reactions I've been getting from people and from the videos I've been putting up. The Tone Junkie Podcast needs to be a two or three time a week video version of the podcast. And that's why I'm, ha- I'm getting an area in my house set up completely where I can literally sit down, press record, do it, upload it and be done. And I can do that. And I'm thinking that could be an every other morning type of thing or an every morning type of thing. I really don't know. We'll see. I don't want to commit to every day because that's a lot. That is a ton. And I still want to produce videos and do the other stuff. But that I think could be a really cool thing. And I'd like to go a little wider. I'm on profiles and IRs and everything and I'm going to do that. But I want to, I love being able to talk about this thing, like what's happening behind the scenes. And I want to have guests on, you know, I'm going to have some guys on, Stu G is going to be on the podcast. Um, I'm going to have uh, uh, Michael Britt's going to come on. I've just been waiting to do the podcast version 2.0. Those are hopefully going to be some of my earliest guests. It's going to be fun. Sue's going to be on with me sometimes. John too might come on with me sometimes and it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a blast. And we're going to be able to do a lot more. That's what I'm excited about. I'm taking a little step back from work this year and I'm, I'm taking a little step into Tone Junkie. And that's what I'm really excited about. I'm even looking at working with a retailer to get a Tone Junkie loaded Kemper for those people who want to buy a Kemper preloaded with Tone Junkie profiles. And that will be very cool. I mean, that will be killer. Uh, and that sounds like it could be mutually beneficial for everybody. And that will give me a place to send all these people when I, when they have a, a need for a Kemper or they're brand new. I have so many people who told me I've convinced them to buy a Kemper from my videos. And I'm going to keep making these videos. So all that to say, um, I'm going to get into the specifics of how I'm going to build this room and why I'm going to build it one way or another and how I'm going to do it and how I'm going to accommodate multiple multiple amplifiers and multiple guitar speakers and stuff um, like multiple cabinets in this room but that's really what it's for I've looked at a lot of people trying to build sound booths and I realized they're trying to keep sound out I'm trying to keep sound in so it's going to be unique and I hope this is actually going to serve for anybody who wants to create a home studio and wants to isolate amplifiers but you really don't need to because honestly the Kemper profiles and the IRs that I'm making are so good I never want to have, like, I never thought I would build a big solution to be able to turn a Plexi on 10 in my home because 
the digital stuff leaves me not wanting to do that. But the only reason I'm doing it is so I can produce the digital stuff so like so great. And the other thing that I'm hoping this really allows me to do is have have those automatic mic maybe possibly have the automatic microphone adjusters. You know, the, the the microphones that you put on on the on the sliders and I can remotely control them from my studio. And so it's also going to allow me to be even more consistent because it means that the the spot I sit, the location I'm sitting where I play the most guitar is going to be the location I'm sitting where I'm creating all of these things. So I'm very used to that room. I'm very used to that room and I'm even about to treat that room slightly. So I'm very excited about this. It's going to be really fun. Um, I'm really bullish on the future. I'm really bullish on the future. I think, I think Tone Junkie's best days are ahead of us. And I think my best profiles are in front of me. I really do. I believe the, the best IRs ever are in front of me. Um, I really do. So, um, if you, gosh, it's been 28 minutes. Um, like I said, this is a different kind of episode. I'm going to get into the specifics probably, um, of the sound booth and the thing, and I'm going to document myself doing it both on this podcast and in some videos. Um, so look forward to that. All right, dudes, love you so much. Tone Junkie Podcast 2.0 coming up really soon. Like we're probably like, we're probably like less than two weeks away. I'm going to be doing a couple of these episodes still before that takes over. And then the format's going to change a little bit. You're going to see what I've got in store. You're going to love it. I guarantee you, you're going to love it. Thanks so much for listening. HW out.